Welcome to the Typical Human Behavior Podcast with your hosts, Brown and Kevin. In today's episode, we're going to touch on what I consider to be at this point probably the most interesting topic in the world, and that's going to be UFOs, (coughs) alien encounters, and the whole shebang. And we're, of course, going to sprinkle in some human psychology stuff, but... Yeah, we will, 100%, but hopefully not... Well, partly in maybe ways we've discussed in the past and what others have discussed, but I think somewhat related to or tying it to a new idea, this new concept. And that concept is this question or idea that humans, society in general, are generally trending in the wrong direction. We are going in the wrong direction. Things do not appear rosy on the horizon. And right. and there's a couple of things maybe we can touch on before we get into the to meat of this thing. When you hear projections about the future, about society, about humans, anyone who ever that's anyone who ever makes a projection that makes it to a news article or to the news or whatever the fuck, it's almost it's almost always negative, in a sense. <laughs> right. It's always like, oh, yeah, in, in two billion years, the sun's going to explode and we're all going to die. Okay, great. Thank you for letting me know that. Uh, in the year 2050, heart disease will kill more people than the next 17 causes of death combined. Stuff like that. There, there's The ice caps melting. The ice caps melting. We're all going to die. Climate change, global warming. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, it would, it's not going to do me any good to sit here and list, list them all. But So there's this real tangible tangible as you can get aspect to predicting the future to where it's almost always negative. So there's some like element there built in where we're going in the wrong direction collectively, whether by our own doing or just by, because that's how nature is going to indebt it. We're going the wrong direction. Right. But then focusing more on some of the things that maybe we've noticed throughout throughout the course of this podcast and other things that we've discussed we also are going in the wrong direction quote unquote because we tend to over over um, convolute things simple things we make into complex issues mountain mountains and uh, out of a mohill type of type of situations and that tends to lead to things on the mental side of, of 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 human health, so like anxiety, depression, all this type of stuff, and <clears throat> that's another thing too. Like I I wanted to mention in the start, but you hear stats of, of of mental illness just on the rise, going through the roof. Twenty twenty and COVID apparently did that mm. absolutely no favors. I right. mean, things are apparently exploding, and we are we just constantly seem to be going in this direction of something if not everything is just slowly but surely getting worse Mm -hmm. yeah because one of the things that i that i hear from from people uh who are typically parents 
I hear this from because one of my concerns about people having kids today, I'm like, what kind of world are these kids going to live in when they're our age? And it used to be like a few years ago, I would look at kids and I was like, oh, it'd be so cool to be a kid nowadays. You got cool technology, all this, all this new cool stuff. But nowadays I look at kids and I'm like, I do, I, I'm glad that I'm as old as I am because I do not want to be uh, younger right now and, and you know, and seeing what's going to happen. And that sounds obviously very pessimistic, but, you know, I, it is the kind of how I just, I just feel about things. Like I just, I just would not want to be a kid nowadays, whereas a few years ago, I w- I'm like, yeah, you know, it'd be cool to be a kid. Well, that, that, that's that turning something simple and making a complex issue that I briefly mentioned. Like, imagine having to, I mean, obviously kids don't know any difference, so caveats, I suppose, but imagine having to navigate the world of the internet from day one and the, the intricacies mm-hmm. of internet communications and trolls and all this bad shit that's on the internet against right. all the cool shit that's on the internet Right. versus when maybe you and I were growing up or you know, definitely generations before that, you were, what were you doing? You were hanging out with your friends, doing dumb shit on the streets and you were outside, you were, there were things to do and things were going on, but it was simpler in a sense, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because you can, you can definitely see how it's hard even for full grown adults and old people to control themselves on the internet. You know, when, when they're in the middle of some internet argument over <laughs> a fucking plethora of topics these days, but full-grown adults whose uh, frontal lobe is fully formed have contr- have a hard time controlling themselves. Now, think you know, being a, a 14-year-old <clears throat> freshman in high school, uh, and, and and you're you know commenting on somebody's post like, hey, yeah, that was pretty cool, or, or whatever, and someone just begins attacking you for no reason. Dude, you, think younger than that. Think like 10 or right. 12. You're just not going to understand that. Oh man. The way I mean, again, even full-grown people barely understand that and they get caught in the moment like oh no fuck you you don't know what i've been through you don't know this and whatever yeah any a kid is just not gonna do well it seems uh and it's a shame because yeah there are a lot of cool things on the internet they can learn about and learn from all kinds of youtube tutorials and all kinds of shit and i'm sure some kids are good about it and they do (laughs) navigate towards that but a lot of kids because kids tend to be insecure just by their very nature, a lot of them, you can just see how they could be easily led down this dark path on the internet. And yeah, like when we were kids, that wasn't even a thought. We didn't even know that the internet was coming. And nowadays, you just can't get away from it. And I think that's uh, a, a very big shame for the kids of uh, today and kids of future generations, I guess. Yes, comp. I mean, yes, it, it would be... <laughs> strange to to say the least. So like you, I'm 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 glad that I grew up when I did too, because it was we I I was sort of like right on the cusp. Like I, I I remember times when we the only internet was in school. You know, we didn't have a computer at home and right, yeah. that kind of thing. So when you got home, no more internet. And even then, when you were on the internet at school, it was always like okay, go to whatever search it was very Google, limited, yeah. yeah, and search. Um, Search for Abraham Lincoln. Search for this specifically. www. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
exactly like that. Yeah. So, um, my, my full, I guess, exposure to, to the internet and the social world was, was, was basically end of junior high, beginning of high school. Also a weird time to like come into the internet and stuff, but yeah, coming, come growing up with it. Like how, how my, my son's going to be, it's, it's bizarre. I really don't know. So point being at the very least that little aspect of life has gotten more complex i think over the years yeah because this all came down from from me think or me i guess asking how would somebody be able to tell if the entire society was going not just in in the wrong direction but in any direction i guess you know how do you how does one tell from this limited spot that everybody's in, you know, just their own day-to-day lives? Hard to see a lot. Um, and obviously, it's not easy, but it's not too different than how you would tell if an individual is going in any direction or in the wrong direction. Like, you typically, if you if you interact with people and you ask them questions about their day-to-day activities, their work, what they do outside of work, things of that nature, and they maybe you you see them interact with their family or or whatever. You begin to gather enough information to tell, oh, this person, okay, they're living a decent life, or oh, they're living a great life, or you're like, oh, this person is clearly struggling. And typically, it's not because they tell you that they're struggling, because a lot of people are are not going to admit that to yeah. anybody. Like, not exactly open with their problems. Right, the so, issues that they're having. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's one of those things where you kind of have to like pick out on your own, and in that same way, I think that you can kind of do uh, do a similar analysis on day to day stuff in a in a bigger picture. Like, uh, like one thing that that I see is a lot of anxious people, uh, not just you know in day to day life, but on TV. You see, you know, people that are being interviewed, how what they talk about, how they talk about things. There's a general anxiety that is just ever present in a lot of people. I don't know if it's everybody. I mean, maybe some people are free of anxiety. Maybe some people have little anxiety. I don't know how that really is tested or measured. <clears> but, <throat> um, and, and just for like a quick fun fact, according to the Mayo Clinic, and this is not really defined. It just here's the, here's the three here's the five age groups that they give and then and then how I guess prevalent it is so it says children six to thirteen years it's common teenagers very common young adults nineteen to forty very common adults forty one to sixty very common and seniors sixty plus common hmm. so I mean so really yeah you can be you can not be anxious if you're basically five years or younger because <laughs> right. you don't know what the fuck is going on you don't have the 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 to b- the brain really to um, internalize what's going on in the world to give you anxiety so the Mayo clinic says that from age 18 <laughs> to 60 it's very common to be anxious <laughs> yes Ex- uh, yes that's what they say now I mean so so that by itself I think is a very important point of information because a lot of people will hear that and they'll register it as yeah something is off but they won't go as far as to say oh well you know collectively we should do something about i mean maybe they will but what i'm saying is that a lot of people know this that a lot of people know that anxiety is a thing that is very common and amongst the population 
but that's about as far as they'll go. They're like, oh, well, can we get pills for anxiety? Or have you meditated today? Or, you know, this and that. They they had these solutions or pseudo solutions and stuff. Quick fixes. Quick fixes. Um, but also, uh, analyzing that, the fact that it's common, very common for most of the population to be anxious uh, in general, that to me is a red flag that of uh, an entire society suffering. I mean, you're talking about an entire society being anxious. No one wants to be anxious. No, they don't. But let me ask you, I mean, do you think that is... How heavily weighted is the idea or the possibility that people really don't have that much stuff to be anxious about versus the methods for how we are treating our actual true like little part of us that is anxious? How much of that can be attributed to us fucking that up and the quick fixes and the pills and the dumb shit that's making it, if not worse, just definitely not any better? Does that make sense? Yeah, Wait, is your question is, do I think people have a lot to be anxious about or not? Uh, yes. Yeah. So if something, so if it's very common in like, why, why do you think this is because we're, there's other things around us in the environment society that because we're going in the wrong direction, we, mm. we do have more things to be anxious about or, or are we just making something out of nothing? That is a good question. I would say that, um, Taking, for example, the, I don't know if this is a fact, but I think it's a belief that technology is here to help make our lives easier. Sure. That's how it's sold, essentially. You got to have right. the oh, next yeah. iPhone to have these perks, these little apps that can do this and this for you. Yeah. But, and not just with uh, the iPhone, but with the internet and the Roomba, basically all these tools that we have, these little toys and gimmicks, um... Regular people, like people, I mean, middle class people for sure, but even people who are in like lower middle class can, by these days, afford a lot of things. I mean, everybody has an iPhone. iPhone's a thousand dollars. Any smartphone, yeah. I mean, really, anything, a phone that can do whatever the iPhone does, you can get one. And everyone pretty much has one. And so it doesn't make sense to me that we have all these tools at our disposal. Specifically, I mean, just the iPhone alone or the smartphone, the fact that you can just look up anything and, you know, directions and where to eat, I mean, how much it can do for you, that plus everything else we have, it doesn't make sense to me that people are so anxious. Mm. And that to me tells me that not that technology in general is bad, that we got to like turn everything off and go back to candles and and (laughs) fires or whatever, but that the type of technology that we have might not be optimal for our society. And optimal, I would say it's very generous because I consider the technology that we have to be very intrusive. I think we talked about this, I think in previous episodes, where I think it's always in the back of your mind that you're being watched or listened to because everybody has these jokes. Oh yeah, I was talking about something and then I saw an ad for it like two minutes later. It's funny now. I mean, it's kind of funny when people talk about it, but it's actually pretty scary when you when you think about it. When you by yourself, you're like, "Fuck, man, that's that's pretty fucked up." Yeah. Um, and so we have this technology that is intrusive, more intrusive than it is helpful, in my opinion, and I think in the opinion of others as well. And so it is it in that where you, where you can begin to see 
where something might be going in the wrong direction because I feel like technology could easily be designed to help us and to to make yeah general data or day to day life better. But I think it's been chosen to not be that way. I think it's been chosen to be this intrusive technology to keep track of people and not necessarily to make people anxious, but I think that's the collateral damage of it. Okay, so the, so the fact that you see that it's very common for basically the vast the, the majority of your life t- to be anxious, that 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 starts to tell you what? Like what is your like what do you I guess what are your assumptions when you hear something like that? Well, anxiety in the individual is typically I would say because I mean we're assuming that anxiety is not natural for a human. Like it's not natural for a person to be anxious. Like anxiety is caused by some kind of stimulus. Would you say? I mean, that's that. Well, I I I think I hear what you're saying, but maybe I want to make a distinction. So you're also not going to, for example, get physically hot and start sweating unless you go into a hot environment. So it's not natural, quote unquote, to be hot and sweaty. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nat- but it is. Okay, there's natural anxiety. Okay, there's, for example, if you were like a hunter-gatherer, maybe yeah. there was anxiety about where food's going to come. Okay, okay. So it is basically, we. there's a part of us somewhere that is hardwired to allow anxiety to be present. I would say, you know what, because you kind of like mentioned this earlier about anxiety over nothing. I would say that's a difference that maybe people in ancient times, hunter gatherers were anxious about being starving the next few days, but that was a real thing to be anxious about. You might not fucking eat for the next few days. Holy shit. Nowadays we get anxious. Like, Oh, I just posted this picture. Are people going to comment? Will I get at least 10 likes in this? Like that's obviously bullshit. But when you get anxious over bullshit, I think that's where it's not a natural state of anxiety sure sure and and generally speaking i don't think our bodies have evolutionarily adapted quick enough to to know the distinction between anxiety about when we're going to eat next versus anxiety of whether or not we're going to get likes on our picture right so yeah our bodies don't know that it's bullshit anxiety it just no it thinks that we're going to die for for whatever reason right okay Um, yeah I, i agree with that so i think that type of anxiety and, and yeah, maybe the line isn't clear, like what is important stuff to be anxious about and what is bullshit stuff to be anxious about. But there, I mean, like there has to be a line somewhere. Um, but if we are to assume that uh, natural state of humans is to not be anxious over stupid bullshit, then that means that everybody is constantly being stimulated to be anxious about stupid bullshit, which I mean, in general, like that would not be a good sign in anything. Um, but in the individual too, like if an individual is constantly overthinking everything, I mean, anybody listening to this person talk, you're like, okay, this person needs to chill the fuck out right, and like right. realize that no, it, <clears throat> it's good. You're, you're cool, bro. You know, things will be okay. Right. And that's what, and, but society, I, I guess people, people as a whole don't have that bro next door to be like earth you gotta chill the fuck out bro Mm, right yes so okay so maybe this is a maybe we can do a hard uh hard segue into the meat of this thing so if you take that our that conversation about going in the wrong direction 
uh, using it as the backdrop for tying it into aliens and UFO encounter <laughs> phenomenon. Okay, what the fuck? How does that, how can you even connect those two dots, you ask? Well, what when when you just even mention the phrase UFO or aliens, a very, there's like an archetype scenario for that whole discussion. It's little green men in flying saucers who live on Mars, basically, right? That's like, that. that is what the predominant thought process image, some of the original theories of aliens and UFOs. And that, and that, while not, I guess, implausible, it seems to be what people have focused on, researchers, conspiracy theories, conspiracy theorists, even for the, for on the other side of the spectrum, what they've focused on, mm-hmm. as opposed to so many other more interesting and real possibilities of the UFO and alien phenomena and what they could be. But we've, we've constantly gone down this little green men direction and we, all we want to do is find little green men. And that's going to, that's going to answer our questions somehow about the universe and make everything okay in a weird way, you know, but, but, but I, but that's not, I think really at all what the issue is. Right. And, and the actual connection to this came from, well, it came from a bunch of different accounts that I've heard of people um, either witnessing or experiencing UFOs or having some kind of alien encounter or being abducted by aliens. Um, but it, it didn't fully click until I was watching this documentary like a week or two ago called The Phenomenon. And if anybody listens to Rogan, he had on uh, Jacques Vallée and something... James Fox, James Fox, who is the filmmaker who made the movie, the documentary, the phenomenon, and I, I mean, yeah, just check it out. It's a pretty good documentary. I, I, I don't know if there's a, a way that I can explain what it's about. It's really more explaining the phenomenon yeah, of UFOs, right, like right. kind of like touching on the fact that, uh, and we'll touch more on this later, but <clears throat> that there is a difference between. Like for example, if NASA or SpaceX or what was it, Virgin, uh, yeah, Virgin Galactic, Virgin Galactic, yeah. uh, or uh, any other like Amazon's version of whatever, whatever they have, if any of those organizations goes off into space, lands in some planet or some asteroid, some moon somewhere, and they find like bacterial life, or maybe even like little creatures walking around. Like little, like, I don't even know, like little beasts walking around. Or even like insects. Think of like an insect or something like that. If they find actual life, not just like little, like, oh, we found a tiny, tiny little viral bacteria that you can't see, but it's there. Believe me. (laughs) If it's something real that anybody can see and they find it and they report it to us, I still think that 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 find, as monumental as as it would be, still would not answer what UFOs are, what people have been encountering when they encounter aliens or alien abductions. Uh, and I also think that those two things are two different things. That, sure. that life on a different rock in space is different than this phenomenon that we know as the UFO phenomenon or whatever, the 
close encounter phenomenon. Um, and that's hard to explain to people who don't know, but that's kind of where, where, where I'm I, I pretty sure things are heading when with all this stuff coming out about UFOs. The, these exotic flights, um, it's there are two possibilities about the exotic flight patterns that we see and and some of the uh, descriptions of of people people's consciousness being affected and losing time and like appearing hundreds of miles away within hours and they don't recall how they got there all these weird things that you hear it just seems that uh um what's at some point people are going to have to come to terms with the fact that there's something more going on than just little green men coming here from really far away. I think that that is a very, almost like a childlike way of looking at, at the phenomenon. I think it's way more complex than that. Just the fact that it that the government now calls it UAP more often than they call it UFO should be a thing that people should take note of. I mean, UAP is a unidentified aerial phenomenon. And that, you just hear that, and it just sounds something like deeper than unidentified flying object and but the last thing is about this documentary the phenomenon is that they cover a case that happened in 1994 in Zimbabwe in some uh like a like a grade school playground I think it was and a bunch of kids essentially I think like a lot of kids like 20 30 kids like an entire playground of kids along with some adults saw uh like a, a UFO land basically on uh, somewhere in in their vicinity in the property, and they also saw a little like humanoid creature. I think he was either on top of the craft or next to it or something. And they all got really close. I think one of the kids got like within like arm's distance. I'm like, holy shit, that's a ballsy little kid. Yeah, right. I would be <laughs> fucking running the other direction. Let me tell what you. What kind of anxiety he had? Um, or maybe not, because because the thing about about these encounters and that people who who might not uh if you don't look at this you might not know about this is that these kids a lot of them describe not being afraid like like saying things like i knew that i didn't have to be afraid and stuff like that stuff that that sounds almost surreal and you see that same surrealness in a lot of ufo cases and alien encounter cases that typically, I, I just don't think you would get that that same element if it was just a sighting. Like, oh, oh, look, boom, there it is, a, a spacecraft. Oh, it's gone now. I think there's something deeper that, that happens. Um, I, I forget. As, as, as part of the documentary or whatever, was, was that the case where one of the beings told, told, one, told someone that you guys are going in the wrong direction? Or yes, was that a, exactly. That, that was... That was in the Zimbabwe thing? Yes. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong, but one of these kids at the time, and one other thing I didn't think we mentioned, like this James Fox guy interviewed a bunch of these kids 20 or 30 years, however many years later, I think it's 20, something like that, years later, to recount and recall this event. And that's it's why it's in a documentary. And I guess that's why it's interesting is that almost every single one of them recounted it in a very similar way and had, when you look back at the drawings and renderings that they did, they all looked very similar. So at the very least eerie, the very most like, all right, some shit went down here and we got to look into this a little more. Mm-hmm. But one, apparently one of these beings 
spoke to one of the kids. I don't know if it was telepathically or I forget how he described it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they said it was telepathically because they made eye contact. Yeah, okay. And then basically told him that we humans are going in this wrong direction. Technology is not the way it is. You guys yeah, he said technology isn't helping. Or something isn't like helping, that. yeah. Um, so very, I mean, okay, all right, all right, let's take that, maybe dissect it for a minute. Odd. I don't know why 19, like, just think of like think of, the, think of the optics of it. If there's little green men out there that are super intelligent beyond our light year, beyond our understanding, <clears throat> comprehension, why would they show up in Zimbabwe? I don't know if it's a third world country at that time or not, but Zimbabwe, Africa, 1994, and tell a little group of school children that technology isn't helping seems like the wrong place to go to get that message across don't you think I, just optically like just not really digging deeper into it right mm-hmm. but you mentioned the comment that some of them felt some of the kids felt that they knew they could be safe or they knew that not to be afraid that kind of a thing i think the just the opposite has to be discussed or looked at from the from these aliens perspective if they see, if they have any ability to see how we treat each other, collectively speaking, I'd be sh- I'd be scared shitless too. The only place I would go to talk to somebody on Earth is to a school full of children in Zimbabwe. Otherwise, if I'm trying to park my park my ride in Central Park or you know some populated urban area, I might be liable to just get my ass kicked and blown up and not you know never make it out of there kind of a thing. So that's if you're lucky. If you're unlucky, <laughs> the government gets you and they run yeah. all kinds of things up your yeah, ass you're, and like dissect you and all kinds of you're shit. You're the lucky one if you get away, right? right. Or if you, if you just die quickly, rather. So so you have to, I think, don't don't discount the fact that, oh, they landed in Zimbabwe. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Why do they go to Zimbabwe? Well, I think there's, there's, there's reason or possibilities for that. And... <clears throat> But the message to the kid about technology isn't helping. That was one of the sort of key things that I know caught your attention because we've talked about the perils of, of technology on the, on this show and outside of this show and how a lot of people also agree generally with that sentiment. While technology has made things easier for us in many regards it has also led us down this weird path of existence that does not appear to be helping us get to where we really should be going whatever that means right so technology helps on one hand like short term it helps but long term it seems to be hindering in some manner yeah because i feel like i mean does it not make sense that as technology gets better life should get easier and generally isn't that logically what uh we're supposed to believe about technology yeah yeah it is and i just think i mean looking back at 2015 think back to 2015 maybe even before the election maybe 2014 how easy life seemed just six years ago what was i doing six years ago there wasn't a lot going on personally for me six years ago um, but I mean, basically, that, if you just think back, I, I, no, I am, I, I hear what you're saying and I, and I am trying to think of it that. It just seems like a manner. simpler time every time you look back in time. Mm, and that, okay. that might right. be, that might just be nostalgia, but 
maybe it's not. And let's assume that it's not just nostalgia. Let's assume that life is, in fact, getting more complicated. Because I think it, just, it really kind of is. It doesn't make sense to me. It should be the opposite. Life should be getting less complicated. We should be understanding more because of our better understanding of technology, healthcare, blah, 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 all this and that. But it's really somehow it's going in the opposite direction. And that's something that, again, you know, people are like, oh, well, what do you expect? You know, life is hard. But even within that, why is life hard? Um, I think it's because it was designed to be hard. But really, I mean, there's, I mean, why should life be hard? Um, I think people consider life to be hard not because they, you know, like go go to work and bust ass, but because they go to work and bust ass and never get anywhere. And that, I think, is what peop- makes life hard in people's eyes, which I don't think is really hard. Is I think it's, it's generally that should, that's unfair. Life is unfair, not right. necessarily hard. Right. And I think life was designed in an unfair way. Again, you know, another kind of red flag as to like the one, you know, us going in the wrong direction if life was designed to be unfair in that way. So in 1994... That message gets relayed. Just just think of technology back then. Holy shit, are you talking about, I mean, almost a whole different world. That was like, you know, early stages of the internet and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, internet wasn't in every household really quite yet at that point. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, <sighs> very weird, very strange message to deliver at such a time. 1994, right? So, Take that example and others that you hear about and that Jacques Vallée talks about more so in the sense of how these encounters that people discuss and remember in in modern times or in current times are in a very maybe disturbing, I don't know what the word you would use is, but in in my opinion, a disturbing similar fashion to how people not in ancient times but uh in, in like the renaissance or i don't know what other areas uh, um, eras are, are common that he references but where people are remembering and recalling seeing angels and demons and all these other mythical encounters where once upon a time those those were 100 percent legit you could totally see an angel and a demon and you, yeah that's yeah they appeared to you all the time that's a uh, duh you, you didn't see one the other day like that that was a you know that was almost a sort of a weird rite of passage your weekly UFO sighting yeah 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 or your weekly kind of, angel sighting yeah kind of a thing but <clears throat> how again how those encounters are recalled in writings in the past are very similar to how a lot of UFO encounters are described and recalled by people nowadays yeah, and, and historically, too, it, it wasn't just the 94 Zimbabwe event where uh, an alien or whatever told a human about technology not being so great and, and, and whatever. There's a, there's a certain theme that if you look into enough of these cases and what is reported by these people, there, there's a pretty high number of times where people report getting these messages that are similar to that, like being kind to the world and these very simple messages not doom and not doom and gloom per se 
Right. Like, um, right. It's it's and it, actually that's a good point because it's not like you guys are fucked. You right. guys are you guys are really fucking things up. Don't you know that? Yeah, it's not like the news twenty fifty guys. You're gonna be watching out for that heart disease. You're gonna, right. You're gonna it, kill a lot of people. It seems almost. Um, I don't know if I, this is like the correct term to use because it might backfire on us at some point in the future, but it seems almost like a parental uh, thing. Mm. Like, guys, no, that's a bad idea. You're not doing that right. Stop, you know. Because something else that, uh, piecing all this together, because it, if it was just the one Zimbabwe thing, then I was like, okay, that's that one kid said the wrong direction. Okay, who cares? It's a kid. But these... these uh entities if you want to call them that these ufos or whatever is flying the ufos um they have done other things where they seem to be trying to get this message message across and valet talked about about this in the rogan podcast and it's been talked about and they talked about it a lot in uh close encounters of the fifth kind and basically a lot of this is well known that it's it's been a number of times where UFOs have been seen over nuclear bases in America and other countries, and they have uh, shut off the nuclear or the missile capabilities of the facility. Like they report, they in their radar they see something above a UFO, basically, and then they see on their systems that they are not able to launch. And I think. On the podcast, the guy said at Fox or maybe even in the documentary that at those moments, if the president wanted to launch nuclear attack, he would not be able to because because these things d- disabled the, the missiles. And they've done that a few times over the years, over decades, uh, um, in different parts of the world. Now, that could just be seen as they're just like, ha-ha, take this, you idiots. Like, just then fucking sure. with people, that could just be it. Or it could just be, or it could be them telling people, you know, off with this. You know, we don't want you fucking with these kinds of missiles or bombs or whatever. Yeah. Because also, it was soon, it was soon after the uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki nuclear bombs that the UFO thing really exploded. I mean, two years later, Roswell happened, and a lot of people point to the nuclear bombs going off as a moment in history where the UFOs took notice, took more notice, and there there was a, a big wave of sightings from after 1945, basically. Fucking Hiroshima Nagasaki, goddammit. Okay, so... Most of the message that you, you will hear and read about, again, falling in that category of, at the very least, they are ambiguous statements at, at most they can be interpreted as generally preventative slash positive type of messages where the intent seems to be to sort of save us or guide us in a direction that will be better for humanity safer for humanity that kind of a thing mm-hmm. right when the again the archetype comes through with the little green men and their flying saucer showing up here. We don't tend to connect those two dots. The point that we just got, the point that we just went through, and then the little green men. If little green men show up, they are already somehow far and away, again, ultra intelligent, 
technology beyond our light years. Like we're going to bow down and have to kiss their ass or else we're all <laughs> toast kind of a thing. But even then, that, that sort of answers one category, one that satisfies one group of people. The aliens exist, I knew it all along, and that's really all they care about or think. And the if, if they show up on our doorstep tomorrow, a little green man steps out, that sort of, quote-unquote, answers all of the questions that we've ever had about aliens and about UFOs. And that is, I mean, that's far from the truth. It's just, it just, ha- I mean, it just has to be. I would assume it would be. I'll, I'll say that because <clears throat> if you go through the steps that, you know, the governments have been taking over, I don't know, the past, what, two decades or so, this weird, like, tiptoe towards disclosure of finally admitting that. I think it's been just like the last five years or so. Is it has only five? Yeah. All right. I'm thinking too far back. So they've been doing this slow tiptoe towards like a full disclosure, kind of admitting that UFOs, UAPs, whatever they're calling them, are real. We have craft that are not of this earth, etc. <clears throat> Focusing only on whether or not they just exist is perhaps not the right direction for the emphasis to be on or for, for scientists and for conspiracy theorists even to, to be focusing on. Um, I think the, the, the more interesting question is why, you know, why do they exist or why are they here? And that's kind of, I think where the wrong direction plays in to, to this discussion here, because Again, it's not just about if they show up tomorrow, that answer that, that solves all of the UFO and alien riddles of the world. Uh, it does not explain this these phenomenon that people have experienced over the years, these weird close encounters and these messages that people have been getting. Like those two things don't jive. There's something missing. There's a hole. There's a void mm-hmm. between the two. I'm also not sure that we would be able to understand the explanation. If it was made clear to us or if it was attempted, like if they... Well, like even if, yeah, like if a UFO actually landed, because that's like, what can they just land in the White House? I mean, right. I mean, they are probably aware of how fucking corrupt all that shit is. They're going to go to the fucking White House? They probably know how fucked no, up not, that, yeah. that, that place is, Plus, along with the other governments. Airspace, restricted airspace, they're getting shot down. Let's go. Right, so it, it just wouldn't be logical yeah. to go to the White House, even though by human standards, for some reason, that actually is logical. But um, the, um, if a UFO did land and little little green men came out and they wanted to like explain for the, you know what's been happening here for the last not just like few decades, but really the last few thousand years, because that's kind of like the main. I think what you were talking about earlier is that um, there's a there's a book that I've talked about a few times in the podcast called Passport to Magonia, written by Jacques Vallée, who, the dude on the Rogan podcast uh, a few days ago. In the book, I'm surprised that this topic isn't more discussed, uh, more in people's 
I guess it's uh, not part of the mainstream alien discussion, right? Which like, is it's it? barely touched in, like even in this book, this like UFO book that I have. Even like the very beginning, yeah. And have, even, even have, on like, the Rogan, little... even on the Rogan podcast, we were talking about this too. The 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 heart of what he discusses and talks about was really not brought up that much, right? Like they briefly talk about ooh dragons and demons, and and they might like kind of touch on that, but I feel like that's such like more most of this book should be about that. I feel basically it's passport to Magonia is about. Uh, Jacques Vallée connecting modern day UFO sightings and modern day alien encounters with ancient sightings of angels, demons, fairies, elves, all these other these mythical beings that we just thought were just stories that people would, would tell hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago. It turns out that a lot of those stories have very similar language and descriptions to what we get from UFO uh, experiences. Um, <laughs> is that the right word? Yeah, it is. But, it is my book. <laughs> and I just feel like that's a huge deal because that just, based on the descriptions, it sounds like the technology that we see today was the same as it was a couple thousand years ago or so. Like, Because a lot of people say that Oh, well, what if uh, the UFOs that we see are just, you know, like the Russians or the Chinese or some secret country like uh, Wakanda that came out with their own technology? I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's not a bad idea. That's not that's not even out of the question, but that doesn't explain how we've seen we as in humans have reported the same technology basically for thousands of years. I mean, I don't think Russia was you know, launching spacecraft a, a thousand years ago. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they weren't. And so that that's why I think one reason why that topic is such a big deal because it throws a wrench in a bunch of uh, rebuttals to the UFO thing because it goes back such a long time. And in, in general, I mean, like, I, I think our, our post for uh, the previous episode was this meme where... It was a pretty good meme, yeah. It escalates... Uh, I'm not sure what the meme is called, but it's like the top the top meme is like a little yeah. a, a small brain in somebody's head. The next yeah. image below is a bigger brain in that same head. The third image is a brain like shining. And the last image is like full enlightenment. The brain is right, like whatever. Yeah. And so like <laughs> I'm not sure what the text. I don't know if you have it. Or, I'll just go first to yeah. last. So okay. the first one, the small brain human says, We are not alone in the universe. That's really all they think. The next I'll I'll go two of the three. The, the second one, the sort of average brain says UFO sightings are real. But then the the enlightenment, oh my God, I'm on another level brain says the possibility that humans have been encountering a more complex intelligence for millennia and the phenomenon just changed names. So, so right. the idea is that thinking about this complex topic in such a simple way just in thinking that oh we are not alone in the universe or oh yeah ufo sightings are real it doesn't it doesn't cut it yeah and and just and just not being alone in the universe like i said finding life forms on a moon somewhere else uh just is not going to answer even most of the questions that people have about what these these are these ufos and these encounters that people have been reporting and so there are definitely deeper layers to look at this whole topic through. And 
what I typically see when I when I when people are like, oh yeah let's talk aliens guys they just they just go for the basic route so do you think that it's possible for them to travel the long distances I mean would they do we need a wormhole right and I mean they're not bad discussions but I feel like they miss the point completely as to what is being discussed here like what what we're talking about here when we when at least when I talk about UFO sightings and and whatever. I'm I'm talking like I'm I'm thinking that there's some interdimensional quality to these things, and something to do with consciousness because, um, there are a number of reports of like encounters or, not abductions but more like encounters I guess, where people they see things like their dead dog from years ago. Oh yeah, he was right there, and we like right. we hung out, and that one documentary uh, witness to another world. That one guy described seeing his, his dead grandfather from decades before in the, in this encounter. And I'm like, okay, that is clearly something way deeper than something coming here from really far away and just plucking people from some farm. You know, something is going on with these people's minds, something like internal that we just do not understand at all. And yeah, like finding something, you know, a, a little green man coming here from Mars or Moon X just doesn't answer the, the, any of the questions that we have, m- most of them at least. Now, I suppose technically both scenarios could be true simultaneously. You could have a group of extraterrestrials who just like to fuck with humans because they can, whilst also having this interdimensional ultra-conscious being or entity who is trying to communicate with us. And the only way they know how is to through these encounters right Right. yeah that's definitely possible why i like this topic is because literally anything is possible (laughs) so why so why then why then has the archetype archetype alien figure remained the the focal discussion point why why are these things that jacques valet and others are bringing up not the direction that this topic is generally going. Like he, this is the exception to the rule when it comes to alien and UFO discussions. Like people are not talking about this. They only talk about, do they exist? Where do they come from? Are they going to kill me? Mm-hmm. There are two or three main reasons that I, that I guess I come to mind when I, when I think about that. On the one hand, um, one reason, I think the, the first question, or the first thing you brought up was, uh, I'm not sure if you even asked this, but basically, side note, there is a, a theme, like the little green man or the, the little gray man is the other version of it. That seems to be a very common theme that people do see. They, they That classic, I think Rogan even talked about this in that podcast, that that classic image of the alien with the big head, small body, and the big eyes, that typically is still seen when people report some of these sightings. I mean, there are variations, right? but there seems to be uh, a definitely uh, a recurring pattern with what people describe, and it is that, that classic big head, big big black eyes or whatever, small mouth, no nose or, or something like that. No genitals. No genitals, Yeah. And oddly enough, I think people like uh, who's like that that like black magician 
not African American black, but like he practiced black magic. Uh, Aleister Crowley, <laughs> back in like a hundred years ago or so, whenever he was alive, he I think he sketched out what he saw. He was on on like DMT or or something like that, and he came in contact with an intelligence, sketched it out, and it looks a lot like a fucking gray alien, a big head. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have quite like the same big black eyes, but you could tell. I mean, there are similarities with what this guy drew, and this was well before the alien phenomenon really took off. Um, so there seems to be some uh, truth to that. Sure, that, that there is something out there that looks like with big head, big eyes, sure. and little body. Uh, but I guess the, the main thing that you ask is why aren't people talking about this? I guess on the one hand, because it's just way more complicated. I mean, it's it's really taken us uh, right, 20 minutes or so to really kind of piece together this explanation uh, as to, uh, I guess, what this topic is. And this is just an intro to it, basically. You know, I mean, right. we're, we're, not, we're not experts, you know. I've only read one book on You and so I far. haven't dedicated our lives to this type of stuff. Yeah, and, and it's also because it's just a safer uh, topic. It's It's easier to digest. And it's less scary because even though it's scary enough to think that something more advanced is making their way here, like Independence Day style, just little by little. Right. Vroom, yeah. <laughs> you know, the countdown happens. Yeah. They got to get the MacBook Pro to hack into the alien computer. Right. Boom. Yes. That's scary enough to think that, that something's on its way here or has been here, whatever. But. You know, like we always talk about that Lovecraftian theme of what there's a limit to what people seem to be able to handle mentally, and I'm not sure that everybody can handle the the idea that little green men might be the same things that the people in the Bible described as demons or angels, uh, or that people in Europe were describing as fairies and stuff. I mean, that's I feel like that's a lot for some people to handle. It would be a lot for a lot of people to handle. You know, I mean, it, it really is. It, it almost is a quantum leap. You're, you're talking about basically two incompatible, just in this small little example, basically two incompatible ideas, aliens and then angels and demons or spiritual related type beings. You know, mm-hmm. Those things do not coexist really right. almost ever. So then, then yeah, to to sort of well, I guess in the mainstream mind, they don't for sure. Right. That, yeah. That's that's my point. That's yeah. why a lot of people would have a lot of issues with it. Right. But you know, you take a you take the peanut butter on one side and the jelly on the other, baby. You put them together, you got a pretty good sandwich on your hands. You got a pretty good idea and better, perhaps, collective understanding of not only human history but human nature perhaps and maybe inter i mean maybe not inter, interdimensional but um a, a a piece of the puzzle that you didn't have before right you put the peanut butter and jelly together you take a bite but it all tastes like peanut butter and then you realize that the purple stuff mm. is just purple peanut butter <laughs> and, it's, and it's all peanut butter uh, i see what you're doing there yes right yeah, it's it's one thing just disguised as the other. It's just food coloring added, you know. But it's also it's all the same shit, right? And the cover of the book, Passport to Magonia, is perfect. I feel at first I was like, I don't know about this cover, but the more I look at it, the more I think it's perfect. And it's like, it's a picture of a little green alien with you know classic big head, big big eyes, 
and it's holding up three different masks in front of its face. One is like the face of a like a, a little devil. One is like the face of another alien. And one could be like a mermaid or some kind of like elf. Right, yeah. And that's, yeah, basically the premise of the book is that all these mythical creatures that people have been encountering for who knows how long, it's possible that they're all the same entity that we still see today and we now call them aliens, the little green man, UFOs. But before, they were called something else because, and this is what, it seems simple once you kind of think about it, but at first it might not be intuitive because, like, well, I didn't hear anybody, you know, talking about aliens in the Bible or UFOs. I'm like, well, people didn't even have those words back then. They didn't, didn't know it, didn't know that there were other planets back then. Um, so they would use words like chariots. Oh, I saw a chariot of fire in the sky. Right. Like a second sun coming over the sky. Yeah, the chariot of the gods. Where's is that from? That's like from some ancient text. That yeah, I think it's in Mag- Magician of the Gods, maybe. Well, or, Chariots or, of the Gods is a book by Eric von Däniken. It's basically the what sparked the ancient aliens theory. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. But but in so but in that sim- example, yeah, it's, yeah it's, in that it's example, yeah. you you're you're talking about. You're, you're talking in the times, basically. The times were heavily influenced by religion, and so that's the vocabulary that they used. Since the industrial scientific uh, revolution, perhaps, we've introduced new ideas and concepts into our vocabulary, unidentified flying objects, flying saucers, aliens, extraterrestrials. So this becomes the lingo of the times and just the new the new words that we use to describe the same thing. You know, it's, 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 it's just like how cool the word cool for kids has evolved. You know, mm-hmm. if back in the day, everything was just cool. Sometimes it was dope. Sometimes it was sick. Sometimes it was fire. Sometimes, you know, whatever the word is, it, it is all just repackaged and repurposed to mean at its core, the same thing. And that's kind of what might be happening here with the, with the alien stuff. Dude, what's crazy too is that this guy, uh, Valet in this book, ties a bunch of shit together. Um, did you ever watch a movie called The Mothman Prophecies? Or did you, or did you have you known about The Mothman? The Mothman Prophecies. Is, with was Richard that a, Gere? With the, was Morgan Freeman in that too? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, shoot. Okay. But yes, I believe I have seen that. Okay. It was actually a pretty good movie. Uh, a lot of people, of course, shit on it, but I thought it was pretty good. But the Mothman is a real, you know, a real sighting that I don't know about, you know, about I don't know about it's actually real, but it's a real thing that people reported seeing back in the 60s, I think in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, uh, for for like weeks, I think for months, people in, in the town reported seeing this Mothman creature. And uh, it's like a classic fucking story that we're the men in black showed up to the town and threatened people to not talk about this. I'm like, wow, this is like classic X-Files story type of thing. And Valet was talking about the Mothman and some of the reports that people saw. It was like a winged creature with red eyes and yep. hooked feet or, or whatever. Uh, and then he he said that in Europe, I think it was in the, I want to say like the 1800 or yeah, I want to say the 18, yeah, 1837, so like the 1830s, 1840s in Europe, in England specifically, I think, they, they, have, they had a thing called Spring-Heeled Jack. 
Some of those descriptions were a lot like the fucking Mothman descriptions. The red eyes, the wings, and a couple other things. And I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. It's it's scary when you put the dots together and you're like... Because it becomes more than just this isolated thing. It, it It's more of like, well, something is observing humans and visiting humans, if this is real. And that... I think is more scary than something just coming here from really far away. Like, oh, next week you got War of the Worlds or whatever. Right, yeah. It, it, because at least with that scenario, there's there's tangibleness to it. You can, you can wrap your head around it more or less. You can understand it better. You can understand more directly that something exists on another planet and now they're here. Those are the, the, there's like three dots you got to connect in your head in order to make that happen, you know. But to to really come to a understanding or realize the possibility of what we're discussing here, <clears throat> I mean, you got you got to you got to jump around. You, I mean, not quite mental gymnastics, but there, it takes a lot more work to get to that same point as you as you do with the other other simple scenarios. So so I get it. I mean. So on that hand, it makes sense why scientists, you know, astronomers, ancient aliens, all these mainstream people and ideas focus on just this yeah, quote-unquote regular brain idea of whether or not they exist and whether or not they're here and have been here. I mean, that's really like the first chapter of the book. Maybe. That might be the prelude if it was a novel, you know. Right. And and this is one of those topics where, on the uh, on the same tone as ancient lost technology, where for the ancient lost technology stuff, it's become clear as we've discussed on the podcast and f- through a number of videos on YouTube and books and stuff like that that are that have been written by a number of different people, that in general, at the very least, history, ancient history, was it way more complex than than what we were taught in school similar to this topic the alien abduction ufo sighting uh thing that people report is clearly way more complex than most people imagine and than what is being reported because if this is the stuff that the government were to be talking about the people would probably fucking flip shit i mean they're just Showing the videos, oh guys, we didn't know what it is. But if they're like, we saw this video, it looked like something that we saw a hundred years ago too. People would be like, what the fuck? Hundred years ago? Like that would be, I think, a whole new level. I think that 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 might be like one of the next steps of disclosure for all I know in the next few years coming up. Mm. That that's a good uh, that's a good guess actually. I like where your heads at with that one. So is it is it? Are we doing a disservice to ourselves, to humanity, basically, by focusing on maybe at the very least only, you know, a part of the puzzle? Or is it only natural or pragmatic to just focus on trying to finalize or discover or nail down whether or not they just exist and are from X planet or Y planet? In focusing on just that aspect of it, it's at least something that we have the technology to kind of do. You know, we got some pretty crazy intense 
telescopes and satellites and stuff that can capture shit from however far away it can. We got we got some people that we can send up into orbit into space a little bit. You know, there are there are these little things that we can do to try to confirm these ideas of whether or not they just exist. Where do you even where do you even start to really I guess for lack of a better term scientifically study these phenomenon and, and this connection that we're talking about. Can you do much more than basically theorize it and hope to stumble upon the real answer one day? It just seems like an idea that's so beyond our capacity, not only mentally, but to, to test too. I think it's, you mentioned it earlier. It seems to be beyond science, beyond scientific ability now or possibly even in the future yeah and this is also from like from interviews that i've heard with that dude commander fravor and him describing the the this weird flight pattern that it's not just really fast it's this erratic pattern where it's like a bouncing ping pong ball but it's an aircraft but you know it doesn't really it's completely um incompatible with how we understand movement right and propulsion and stuff like that. And obviously not knowing anything about what it could be, it's possible that it's, you know, hundreds of years ahead of us or thousands of years ahead of us, but it's also possible that it is just beyond science because that's something that I think science has a hard time dealing with is there being limits to science. Because according to science... Oh, if we can't. Oh, the ghost, not real. We can't. We can't test for it. We can't explain it. And sure, maybe it's not real. But what if it is real? That just means you can't test for it with your tools. That that means you might have to invent better tools. But what if you just can invent better tools? What if it is just truly beyond what you can and test? Because, like you know, things like dark matter. How do we know that all these beings and UFOs are not residing where all this dark matter is all mm-hmm. around us, basically? We have no way to test that. I'm not even sure if we're even close to having a way to test that. Yeah, and, and, and any scientific fact is only established and is only as good as the information and tools that we have available to us at the moment that is being tested, right? So the fact that ghosts don't exist because we can't test for them or we can't, you know, shine some type of infrared thing on them and see that they're there in the corner or see that they're coming up from wherever to your point doesn't mean that they don't exist or that there isn't something there. Maybe ghost isn't even the appropriate term, you know, for, for what it actually is just like alien may not be inappropriate or the, the complete term for what these phenomenon might be. Right. I would say an alien would be something that you find on a different planet that would be an alien. I'm not sure that these little green men are actually aliens. I think that it just might be something else. Some just other, just, I don't even know, other, you know. Well, I mean, to take it mainstream for a sec, one of the, I want to say somewhat leading alternative theories out there is that there are others out there amongst us, amongst humans, and they are just waiting, quote unquote, for the right time to reveal themselves to us in mass. Wait, what? 
you haven't you haven't heard this? I, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory per se, but it's it's the idea that aliens are living amongst us now, like men in black style, oh, undercover. Okay. Maybe not like in people's skins or whatever, but they're living amongst us, and the right time will come, and they are waiting for that time to reveal themselves to us and that they've been here all along or that they've been here forever and that they are just just as part of this earth and this environment as we are so they are not in a sense alien they just are others kind of mm. like you said yeah I, I, i'm familiar with that idea yeah i don't know if it's like some somebody's theory or if it's just a right, collective yeah, theory yeah. but yeah okay um because that also we did a patron episode about atlantis it really was really more about hollow earth theory than it was about Atlantis. But um, the, the other, another theory, getting a little out of the box here, is that you know if if the, if there are beings that are more or what do you call it more advanced than humans, and if they are living here somewhere, where would they be? Either underwater, under the ocean, or underground? Because as we talked about in that episode. Uh, we we probably know about as much about what's under the ground as we do about what's under the water and in the ocean. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's a stat that you guys can look up. How, what's the furthest? What's deepest that humans have dug into into Earth? It's like seven miles, but it's just like a seven mile fucking like twelve inch <laughs> hole basically. Drill it's, hole basically. Yeah, yeah, it's not even like an area. It's it's a drill hole. That went, yeah, something like seven or eight miles into the ground, which is pretty fucking far. Yeah. But they had to stop because it was too hot and the pressure was too much for their equipment. Well, they stopped about 3,900 miles short <laughs> of getting to the middle of the earth. Uh. Um, and so we, uh, there are obviously some, some very uh, solid theories mm. as to what makes up inner earth, like a chunk of iron with like rotating magma and the mantle and the crust and all that stuff. I'm like I said in that episode, I'm not saying that that's not the case, but the fact is that we just have not gotten down there to prove it visually that that is in fact down there, just magma and dirt or whatever. For all we know, there could be something down there. Uh, Obviously that's like crazy out of the box, but, when you're talking about interdimensional travel, that's pretty fucking out of the box too. And when you're talking about what these people have been experiencing for decades, hundreds of years, and probably thousands of years, that's pretty fucking out of the box too. And so you have to kind of come up with these out of the box ideas to even begin to touch what might be happening. So where so where where should the focus for the, like the mainstream conversation should it be this or should this and what we're discussing be I don't want to say left intentionally unexplored but if we happen to stumble upon the solution or the answer to it and it really truly is some Lovecraftian experience that we get from from what we discover is that is that really what we should be pursuing or or thinking about or um I'm not sure I'm wording this correctly but 
basically money talks, baby. Should people be funding and should the DOD, whoever the fuck, government agency, be having space programs to find extraterrestrial life or to study more closely this, these phenomenon that, we, that we've been talking about here and that others have talked about? Hmm. I would... Well, it's a tough question because I'm not sure that... I would say both are equally important. Discovering what's in, on other planets and, th- you know, making some progress figuring out what this phenomenon is. I don't... I mean, I would say... it. it you brought up the theory of uh, this possibility of aliens or whatever these beings already living amongst us and waiting for the right time to reveal themselves like Tony Stark at the end of Iron Man 1 you know, I am Iron Man and the crowd exactly. the crowd loses yeah. their shit um i guess um when you think about that what does being ready mean to you It's tough to say. I I don't even know what that would what that means or what that would honestly look like for our collective psyche. What type what what you know state of mind we would have to be into to sort of receive that information. That's what yeah, I guess what the, that's what I'm getting at is that if I don't know who would need to come out and talk about the stuff to make it real in people's minds but let's say that person or that group of people did do that they came up with this like the un or something came out like guys we gotta tell you something about ufos man shit's real Uh, (laughs) but they do like a real legitimate i don't know presentation saying like guys we've been experiencing this for a long long time we have no idea what it is i think a lot of people some people would probably lose their shit crying or whatever but I think just like as what we saw when suicides, suicides, <laughs> I, for sure. I think I think some people. I, I I do truly believe this that at all times there are people out there that are really on the edge and they're just waiting for something like that to push them over the edge. Suicide that's, is obviously not a joke, but it's just like you you. It's I think that's a weird, quirky fact that I think we can acknowledge when shit hits the fan, or people perceive that's going to hit the fan. People are going to people are going to kill themselves for sure yeah because and and yeah not not uh saying that that's the way to go at all but you you can begin to understand when somebody when a person maybe is a person who lives in fear already is already anxious always living in fear of what the next thing will be and they just fucking lay this on guys ufos are here we don't know what the fuck they want how they do what they do and they've been here for a thousand years plus they're, you know, what we read about in the Bible, it's them. I mean, something like that. Would, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that could truly, definitely uh, push some people over the edge. But so, so that would happen. Some people would be, oh my God, what the fuck? But I think just with what we saw when the Pentagon released the UFO videos, fucking apathy. And I think that that's what would happen. I think for the majority of people, it'd be like, well, it's not going to pay the bills next month. It's going to work tomorrow. And so what I'm what I'm saying is that it doesn't seem that the society is ready for that kind of information. Not because we're we're too childish or whatever, but because I think the peop 
the society has been brainwashed into worshiping the dollar and getting in these lives that they, they, they don't give a fuck about these jobs and stuff. Like nobody seems happy. I mean, very few people seem like truly content. You're like, what the fuck's going on? And you just get this idea that there is some kind of like something's going on that's fucking with people's collective psyche. And there's just no way that I could imagine this kind of stuff being unleashed and it being received well, as in like, oh man, let's, what could it be? You know, some proactive response. I, I would imagine it would be either fear, a fearful response or just, like I was saying, completely apathetic, like, yeah, cool story, bro, but fucking cards are playing next week. Um, and I think that that's what maybe maybe being ready is when the people stop worrying about stupid bullshit like the dollar, even though, yeah, you do need to pay the bills and stuff. But that's what I'm saying is that we're, we've designed this fucked up society where everybody's anxious about the bills and then and their job and Monday through Friday, eight to five and all this stupid shit that nobody really cares about, but they pretend to care about all the while we have these things happening that are truly mysterious and amazing but they're taboo because they're not going to pay the bills and because we're in that mode still that's why i think that the aliens are not going to reveal themselves if they are here (laughs) anytime soon and why this information would not be really helpful if even if it was revealed in a good concise way yeah it would be it would be almost impossible to sort of roll out this message (laughs) uh, even somewhat smoothly but to, to your point a little bit further, I think in a weird way, the acknowledgement by any agency or, or authority figures that this shit is real and that all these things are a possibility, for some people, and maybe only some people initially, but hopefully more people as, as, the, as they let the information sink in, can actually be somewhat of a catalyst for not going down this this quote-unquote wrong direction that we seem to be going down in society. In a similar fashion that I think COVID and 2020 will look be looked upon by future generations as a potential catalyst for where the the tide started changing metaphorically for, for humans in a, in a positive way. This year has been shitty as shitty can get, right? And it's really hard to see how there's going to be any long-term benefits to what's what's been happening. But I think, I think there could be some because people have really been slapped in the face with this realization that a lot of the day-to-day things that we do, particularly when it comes to work and work-life balance and all that type of stuff are complete bullshit. It's opened a lot of people's eyes and in a good way, I think, to that stuff. So if one day we ever do come to a collective realization that these phenomenon are more than, much more than just little gray or green men from from Mars or whatever, I think in a way it could have a similar long-term effect where people will slowly start to morph out of that mode that you were talking about or out of that that state of being where they're focused on the dollar and not giving a shit about this type of information because don't pay the bills. It, it It's going to take... It, bombardment's not the right word because it's like overly aggressive, but it, it's going to take 
this information to be pushed out more into the into the public to at least have a chance of getting people to see a different side of things and stop fucking taking themselves so seriously. You know, because when we when we talk about this stuff or when I look into this and really think about it for longer than five minutes, there's there's times where I'm like, shit, this is really heavy. Like this is fucking somewhat depressing in a sense because you you feel you know smaller than a speck and all that kind of all that kind of stuff. But then you hit zoom out and you, and you come to after a while and you realize, yeah, I mean that fucking spreadsheet that I'm worried about or that. Uh, that conversation that I had with that person at the grocery store was that was that embarrassed me. Like all those little day to day things that we just are so anxious about and focus on. You do have a better chance, I think, of really <laughs> realizing your own bullshit, basically, and just realizing and just being letting life come to you more so kind of a whole mantra type of thing like just not being so fucking stuck up i guess about everything bitch yeah (laughs) you know i'm not sure i said that eloquently but i hope you get my point yeah this uh this topic has definitely become a favorite of mine recently for for a few different reasons but part of it is because even though there's a lot of existential stuff like yeah, when you look at it for a while, you, you do come across some stuff that you're like, fuck, I got to like watch a cartoon for a little bit to wash this down. <laughs> got to balance this out somehow. Yeah. yeah. Let me watch some porn. <laughs> 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 Whatever. <laughs> Whatever your flavor is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, one reason why this has become a favorite topic is because there, there's no real drama behind it. There's no like... Even though there are people who might not believe or whatever, there's no like uh, it's not the same as when you have a political view. There's no one. There's up, no like agenda behind it, almost. Kind of. There's no one up your ass about. Well, don't you know you're hurting people by believing in that? Don't you know that? Are you, are you a bigot? You don't get that kind of bullshit. Uh, these trolls after you and stuff. And you, all you do is you 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 sit around reading about this stuff, and you just you get into this mode that. Um, and yeah, in this kind of mode where you, you begin to see that there's something bigger at play than just your fucking spreadsheets due by Friday. Um, and I think that, that this topic is an important topic because it's, it's something that I think anybody can really come to and be curious about. You don't have to have... You don't have to be a certain race or have a certain political inclination to believe this or not believe this. It's just a matter of looking at the information and seeing if it jives with your view of reality. Um, but yeah, so it's like a topic that that definitely transcends all this bullshit, petty shit that that we see every day, like fucking CNN breaking news and all that all that dumb shit. Um, this is fucking breaking news as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I agree with you though. I, 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 it, it does in a weird way, put things into perspective for you, um, which I, which we appreciate obviously on this show. Um, and I hope others do too, cause there's so much more, like you said, than your fucking spreadsheet, baby. Although do your spreadsheet cause you know, your job kind of depends on it, but don't, don't, don't 
Don't stress about it. Don't be anxious about it when you go home and when you're spending time with friends and family and shit like that. That's the message. Right. Right. All right, guys. I think we have mind fucked you enough today. <laughs> uh, I, we, we probably will at some point revisit this in, in different capacities because, again, the, 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 there really is so much here and there really is so much to get into that it's, it is quite difficult to do it on just one episode. So do expect more, whether it's on our um, general page and or general episodes or on our Patreon, um, which, by the way, Patreon is up and good to go, has been for a couple of weeks now. Please check it out. We got a few episodes already up there now, a couple more coming and more to come, really, um, each uh, each and every couple of weeks or month for you guys. So. Take a, take a look at the page, please. Uh, become a patron if you can. We would appreciate the support. Otherwise, make sure you check us out on Instagram, THB underscore podcast, baby. We are on there, and we are out of here. We'll see you later.